Hey there, this is Pastor John Ware, lead pastor of Lifehouse Newport News, a church that exists to help all people experience life change through Christ. Thank you for joining us today on our podcast. We hope it inspires you and gives you perspective to see how God is moving in your life. Now let's get to today's episode. Well, hey, look, we are in part four today of our series, Got Struggles, and we are talking today about the struggle of faith. I can't tell you how many times in my life uh, or, or, you know, in my 13 years of being uh, a pastor that I have heard people tell me, I wish I just had more faith. I wish I could just believe. I just wish that I could just believe God for. I wish that I had more faith or I am struggling in my faith. And I'm probably sure that you have probably said that at some point, but thankfully you aren't the only ones that we have seen in, in scripture say that. We can actually see uh, uh, the disciples, the followers of Jesus. One of the things they said was, is Jesus. It's recorded in Luke 17, five. They said, Jesus, give us more faith. You can actually see in scripture, he, people that we would consider heroes of the faith, struggling, wrestling with their, their faith, struggling to trust and believe that what God said was true, struggling to believe that God's character was good, struggling to trust that God's plan was better than their plan. So look, if you are struggling today in your faith or have struggled in your faith, I want to let you know that you are in good company. There's different struggles with faith though. Some, they, they struggle to have the faith to even believe in God. And maybe that is you. You see the pain, the hurt, and the brokenness in our world, the suffering. And some of you say, how can there be a God with all of this going on? But then some people, you don't struggle with faith in God, but you struggle with the faith of walking in God's plan. What I've seen though is, is this. It's not if you struggle with your faith, but when you struggle with your faith. And what I pray to do today is to help you along in your journey of struggling with faith. Here's the thing, although there is no way that I could give you everything there is to teach about faith in one sermon today, I believe there are three things that you have got to get right in regards to faith. The first off is, is this, the right definition of faith. Secondly, the right direction for faith. And thirdly, the right diagram of how faith is grown. First off, the right definition of faith. I think we've got to get this right because I think a whole lot of us, we have these kind of like hodgepodge definitions of what faith is that we have accumulated from past church experiences or from the culture discipling us. And it's hard to, to know if you have something, if you're not even 100% sure what that thing is. And what I'm guessing that most of you would probably say is something like faith is believing in what you can't see or faith is trust. And there is a little bit of truth in those two things, but not the whole truth. We've got to make sure that we have a biblical definition and framework of what true faith is. And the Holman Bible Dictionary, I believe rightly gives us what I believe one of the best biblical frameworks and definitions of what faith is. It says this, throughout the scriptures, faith is the trustful human response to God's self-revelation via his words and his actions. Don't miss this. Let me break this 
down for you. Biblical faith is a deep-rooted internal trust that shows or proves itself through action based on revealed knowledge about God through his words and through his actions. What does this tell us? That faith isn't just blindly following or believing in something because you want it to be true. Your faith is built on the knowledge you the on the knowledge that you have of someone or something. Your faith and trust in someone or something needs to be built on how trustworthy the someone or something is and has been. So the thing is this, we must ask the question, if faith is built on God revealing himself, how has God revealed himself, which gives us reason to have faith? Broadly speaking, theologically, there have been two categories that God has chosen to reveal himself to us that we can then build a foundation for the faith that we have. The first one is this general revelation. And by general, this just means that that it is a way that God has chosen to reveal himself generally to all people. A couple examples of general revelation are creation, the human body, and our conscience. I think every day, one of the greatest the, one of the greatest evidences that God exists, we pass over every day, and that is creation. I love what it uh, says in Psalms, uh, in Psalms chapter 19, verses one through four, it says this, the heavens proclaim the glory of God. The skies display his craftsmanship. Day after day, they continue to speak. Night after night, they make him known. They speak without a sound or word. Their voice is never heard. Yet their message has gone throughout the earth and their words to all of the world. And, and what David is saying here from this Psalm, it is as if creation is shouting at us saying, hey, God's real. He's, he's big, he's powerful, and he's here. One of the greatest signs that we can see that God is real and that God reveals himself is we can just look up and see the stars. And really what I think we've tried to do within our culture with the rise of science is that we have tried to give a natural explanation for a supernatural work. And the truth is that science and faith, they aren't against each other. I think they actually go hand in hand, but the ultimate difference is this, in the beginning bang or in the beginning God. And really, here's the thing, no matter if you believe the world happened from a big bang and we've, been, and we've just evolved over the spans of billions of years, or if you believe that God spoke and created the world by his word, either of those views both require faith. It's not as if Christians have faith or people that aren't Christians don't have faith. No, it's not if you have faith, but what or who is your faith in? Here's the thing. When you look at how perfectly designed the earth is, it's a place where life can dwell. I believe that it is God shouting at us. There is a designer. But, he, but the thing is, is this too, just our bodies, I mean, think about the human body. Every doctor who studies the body, every mother who births a child, every grandfather who holds a grandchild, every person who stops for one moment to consider the eyes and the ears that God gave them to even be watching this right now should be brought to a sense of worshipful wonder. I was there when all three of of my boys were actually birthed and all I could do was cry and say, God is real. Literally, like that's all I could do was cry and just say, That is the most amazing thing that I have ever seen. But God reveals himself through the natural ways. But also too, internally, 
God reveals himself through the conscience he gave us as his image bearers. Almost everyone knows it's wrong to murder your neighbor, to lie to your neighbor, steal from your neighbor. Why? Because God has written his, his morality on human hearts. And while some people ignore and even break their conscience, the fact that others see their, vi- their violation of what is right and good serves to only reinforce the truth that our consciences, God has revealed himself as holy and just. But the thing is this, not only has God revealed himself generally, he has also revealed himself specifically through Jesus Christ. His life was documented and, 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 and was also attested to by the disciples. And those disciples, they wrote down orderly accounts of Jesus's life that, that, that they saw and that they attested to that Jesus lived a perfect life, died a horrific death on the cross, but then resurrected from the dead. One of the things that, that, that I saw one other pastor say is Jesus was God's selfie. It was God revealing himself and showing himself who God was specifically, but also too, God continues to reveal himself today. And the primary way he does that is through, is through his divinely inspired word that tells us who God is, what God's like, all while being found archeologically and historically true. Here's the thing. I think it's important for us to to realize that the Christian faith is not just a blind following. Having faith in Jesus isn't just putting your head in the sand and following something that we just hope to be true. Here's the thing, the Christian faith can be examined. It can be tested. And that's what I challenge those, those of you here watching this that struggle with accepting the Christian faith. Examine it, test it, follow it. Follow the evidence wherever it leads. But honestly, what I have seen is that people are scared to follow the evidence. Why? Because they, because deep down, I believe they know where it leads. And they know once they see the truth, they are then held accountable for that truth. But here's the thing. God is not scared of your questions. God is not scared of you testing, like, like, like test the faith, examine it, see for yourself. I love the story of doubting Thomas, right? You've got doubting Thomas, right? The disciples, they, they come back to him and they're like, we've seen Jesus. He rose from the dead. And Thomas says, says this, he goes, yeah, well, until I see Jesus and until I put, you know, hands in his holes, in, in his hands, in his side, I'm not going to believe you at all. And then Jesus shows up and Jesus, instead of like smacking him in the face and being like, Thomas, you a dummy. I showed myself like, no, no. Do you know what? Do you know what Jesus does? Jesus says, Thomas, go ahead, put your hand in. Go ahead, Thomas, put your hand in. He was gracious to him with his doubts. He was gracious to him in his time of examination. And that's what I wanna share with you today is that God will be gracious with you as you are exploring and examining the faith. You've got to make sure you've got the right definition of faith, but, but also too, you need the right direction for your faith. And when I say direction, I simply mean this. You've gotta have the right end goal, the right object of your faith. Because the purpose of your faith isn't to get something, it's to know somebody. Right, I've been in church so long and they, 
It's just like you have faith so you can get a nice house. You have faith so you can get a great job. You got faith so you can get a nice car. You got faith so you can get a spouse. Like just have faith so you can get something from God. And what I rarely, rarely hear is that faith gives us access to actually know God. The point of faith is not to get something from God. The goal and point of faith is the fact that we get to know somebody through faith. If the point of your faith is just to get something from God, you've missed it. Because the greatest gift we receive from God isn't the gifts he gives us. The greatest gift he gives is himself in right relationship with him. And this is where Jesus comes in, right? Romans 3. So what it says here, Romans 3, 21, it says, but now God has shown us a way to be made right with him without keeping the requirements of the law as was promised in the writings of Moses and the prophets long ago. We are made right with God by placing our faith in Jesus Christ. And this is true for everyone who believes, no matter who we are, for everyone has sinned, all fall short of God's glorious standard, yet God in his grace freely makes us right in his sight. He did this through Christ Jesus when he freed us from the penalty of our sins. For God presented Jesus as a sacrifice for sin. People are made right with God when they believe that Jesus sacrificed his life, shedding his blood. Continuing down to verse number 27, it says this here, can we boast then? that we have done anything to be accepted by God. No, because our acquittal is not based on obeying the law. It is based on faith. So we are made right with God through faith, not by obeying the law. I really hope you're getting this here, right? Here's the thing. We are put into a right standing with God, not because of our good works, but because of Jesus's good work on the cross in our place and for our sin. And as we put our faith, our trust in what Jesus did, this is what is called saving faith that what Jesus did and what Jesus bought and what Jesus won as a result of dying, he now gives that to us in, you know, as grace, as a gift, meaning we could not actually earn it. He gives it to us and we receive it by faith. I've seen this concept of, of people struggling with the fact that they can't earn their salvation. They, they can't earn the approval of God. They, they struggle with that. One of the things Tim Keller says, he says this here, if you want to become a Christian, all you need is nothing. But most people don't have that. Most people come with their, their recommendation letters, resumes, morality, or money. But this is what makes Christianity unique and distinct amongst all the other faiths. Faiths is this, the other faiths say do, and then you'll be accepted. Jesus says it's done, you are accepted. And that is what makes Christianity different. And we get this brand new life in Christ. We receive that by faith. It is a saving faith by, by putting our trust, not in what we do, but putting our trust in what Jesus did, we are then credited with right standing with God that isn't based on us, it's based on what Jesus did. And I wanna tell you today, I pray every single person watching this, you have accepted and received this free gift that Jesus gives. And the object of, of our faith, the direction of our faith is not to get something, it's to get somebody. And when we get some somebody, he lovingly gives us all things. What is the direction of your faith? It is a person, not stuff. Lastly, you need to know the right diagram. Definition, 
direction and the right diagram of how your faith grows. See, here's the thing. You've got a saving faith that Jesus gives you, okay? You did not earn, earn that, but as we see throughout the Bible and in Jesus's ministry, um, faith, it does not just save us, it sustains us. And faith can actually be, be described as strong or weak. And really a great example of this is how somebody can have faith that God will give them eternal life and faith that God will, um, will save them for, for eternity, but they struggle with having faith in God providing in the temporary. Have you ever seen that? You have people, they're like, I love Jesus. I'm going to heaven. God is my provider. And they're struggling with the faith to get by and to get through in the temporary world that we're currently in. Here, here's the thing. We can have faith that God saves us, but also too, we can have a strong faith right here and right now that we can walk in victory in this life. And here's the thing, right? I believe that one of the greatest challenges that Christ followers face is how do I increase my faith to handle and ultimately overcome what life throws at me? And what I'm concerned about today is that what I say today, you're not gonna like, flat out. Because I think all of us wanna grow our faith. I, I sincerely do. But we wanna grow our faith, but we don't like the process. And I wanna challenge you with this thought. Don't request or demand something from God that you aren't willing to develop. Don't say, God, give me faith, but then not want to submit to the process that builds the kind of faith that God wants to give you. If you're going to ask something from him, if you're going to pray for something, don't just pray for it. Know that what you pray for, there's typically a process for. So don't just request, say, God, give me. And, and that's what I don't think we, we really want. It's the same thing, God, give me patience. Yeah, well, we all know what that does, right? right? But, but this thing, right? If you say, God, build my faith, will you be willing to submit to the process? And let me give you three ingredients of getting your faith built or, or three ingredients of this faith building process. First off, testing. Testing, here's, here's the truth. Faith is like a muscle. It grows through time under tension. Your body doesn't get stronger by sitting on a couch. Your body gets stronger through testing its limits. And what I fear is that we live in a culture of information, downloading, efficiency, and shortcuts. We are overexposed and underdeveloped. We have knowledge galore, but no follow through. And if we aren't careful, we will apply all of these United States things to our faith. Stronger faith is not an app you can download. It's not a book you can just read and learn about. It's not a path that has shortcuts. It's a process that you must walk through. Here's the thing, James, right? James chapter one, verses uh, two through four. It says this, consider a pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. Do you hear this language here? The, the testing makes you stronger and gives you better endurance. First, uh, first Peter chapter one, verses six through seven, it says this here. It says, in all of this, you greatly rejoice, though now for a, a little while, you may have had to suffer grief and all kinds of trials. These have come so that the proven genuineness of your faith 
of greater worth than gold, which perishes even though refined by fire, may result in praise, glory, and honor when Jesus Christ is revealed. Here's the, here's the thing, and what these, these two scriptures are telling us. When you're walking through trials, when you're walking through things that you say currently right now that you're probably walking through, you are, being, you are in the middle of being tested financially, relational, vocationally, spiritually, emotionally, psych- psychologically, as you are going through these, what you feel like are testing seasons, are times where your faith is being tried and tested. Don't skirt the process. Because it, it is those times where you feel the least in control. It is those times where you feel the most pressed. It is those times where, 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 where you are like, God, where are you that you are being made stronger? You're being refined. You're being cleansed. And if you keep your eyes on God's character and not your circumstances, if you keep the right perspective, then the testing you're walking through will produce what God's word says, which is a stronger faith. You've got to shift your perspective of when you're walking through trials. Some of you think, well, it's because I've done something wrong. No, it's because you, God might be saying, I want to build you. But see, the truth is this here though. Even Jesus could not skirt the process, right? Jesus himself, you talk about somebody that was, test, that was tested. Jesus was tested beyond anything we faced. But at the same time, Jesus himself could not even skirt the process. And I think sometimes we wrongly think Jesus suffered so we, so, so we would not suffer. And that is partly true. He suffered in our place and for our sin on the cross. But at the same time, Jesus's life wasn't a substitute for us. It was an example for us to show us what it is like to follow the plan of God. Is that, some, is that sometimes following God's will leads to a hard life path. But ultimately through that path, it gives God the most glory. Here's the thing, don't fool yourself into thinking that if you consider yourself a good Christian, that that will protect you from the process. Somebody that I, that, that I really, really look up to is Pastor Rick Warren out in California. He's got a church of like 20,000 people, um, wrote the second best-selling book of all time, The Purpose Driven Life. Um, just an incredible pastor. He's a pastor's pastor, um, someone that, that has just done incredible things for the kingdom of God. Back in 2013, his 27-year-old son killed himself. And um, I don't know about you, but if I was Rick Warren, he, he shared how that was the hardest thing that he had ever walked through, is walking through the process of grieving his son who killed himself. And here's the thing, Rick Warren's wife said, said this here, as, as they then both were walking through this, Rick Warren's wife Kay said this, somebody recently asked me how I survived my son's suicide. I told him I've sent my spiritual roots deep into the character of God for more than 50 years. Circumstances tried to brutally rip out the tree of my faith, but the roots held. Here's the thing. When you are tested, fam, and you endure and you stand in faith and you shift your perspective and you focus on the character of God and you say, I'm not moving. You're putting your roots deep down that when the storms 
of life come. They they might dent you, but they will not destroy you. They will drive your roots deeper into the ground and get you to a place where you are strong and firm in your faith. The second part of the process, the second ingredient of building that faith um, is hearing and being reminded of God's promises. Romans 10, 17 says this. So faith comes from hearing. That is hearing the good news about Christ. Here's the thing. Your faith grows by being reminded of God's promises through scripture. This, this book isn't just a book of, of, of do's and don'ts. It's not just a rule book. It's not just a book filled with stuff that isn't applicable to your daily Life. This book tells us where we came from, why we're on this planet, what's right and wrong, and where we are going. And you need to be reminded of what this book promises to you all the time. Here, here's the thing, because we forget. We are like my four my four-year-old son who I tell, don't do that. 15 seconds later, he's doing it. I'm like, dude, I just told you, what the heck? I forgot, daddy. I'm like, God, how do you not kill us? Like, like it's, it's, it's like, how do you guys, it's like, God, how do you have so much grace with us? But here's the thing, you need to consistently immerse yourself in God's truth and promises that he says over you. And this book consistently reminds you that you are in Christ, how great God is, why the world is the way the world is. And it reminds you of God's faithfulness in the past so you can be, so you can have a fuel for faith in the, in the future. I can't believe... I'm saying this, but I want to actually uh, use the movie, The Notebook. How many of you have seen that? Take my, take, take my man card, okay? I've seen it. I saw it a while back. But um, the, concept be- <laughs> the concept behind The Notebook, um, I'm not going to get too far into it, but the story centers around a guy reading to a woman in a nursing home who has dementia and who, but that woman is actually his wife. But what he is reading is actually their love story. And he continues to, to and he continues to read it to her day after day. And while doing this, there, there will be times where she will eventually understand and realize that what he is reading is actually their love story. And then they'll like hug and they will embrace and there will be tears. But then after about five minutes, she, her disease kicks in and she forgets who her husband is and why he is there. And they basically go back to square one. But the thing is, the husband keeps showing up, keeps reading, keeps being patient and keeps reminding her of their love story. Why? So he can get those five minutes of being with her. Y'all, this, this is us. We are the one that has spiritual dementia. And God's word, as we continually open it, is shouting at us and reminding us of the story that we are in and God's, and God's love for us and God's promises to us and what God gives us. Y'all, here, here's, we've got to listen. We've got to open up God's word and be reminded of what God has promised us, that what God has said to us. We need to be daily in God's word, in community with, with each other. Why? Because we have a tendency to forget. Lastly, right, we talked about building your faith. Test God's promises. But lastly, 
obedience. If you wanna build your faith, it's not enough just to hear. You've gotta actually obey. Your faith grows when you actually obey God. Listen to what James says, James chapter two, verse 14. It says, uh, what, what good is it, dear brothers and sisters, if you say you have faith, but don't show it by your actions? Can that kind of faith save anyone? Suppose you see a brother or sister who has no food or clothing and you say, goodbye, have a good day, stay warm, eat well. But then you don't give that person any food or clothing. What good does that do? So you see, faith by itself is not enough unless it produces good deeds. It is dead and useless. Now, someone may say, some people have faith, but others have good deeds. But I say, how can you show me your faith if you don't have good deeds? I will show you my faith by my good deeds. You say you have faith for you believe that there is one God, good for you. Even the demons believe this and they tremble in terror. How foolish, can't you see that faith without good deeds is useless? Now, these are some tough words, but honestly, I think we've got to take, it, we've got to take account here. Do you have a useless faith? Where, here's the thing, you have a saving faith. You believe in Jesus, you love him, you've, you've got faith. You have a saving faith. You believe Jesus died on the cross in your place and for your sins, but it is a useless faith right here and right now on this planet in this time period in your life. Where there is no outward action. There is no outward obedience. There is no God. I, want to, I just don't want to, to have faith in you. I want to show others who you are, that you are real by what I do. If you don't, I'm just telling you what scripture says. You have almost a useless faith because the truth is this. Even demons believe in Jesus. The devil believes in Jesus. They have faith. And, but the thing is, what makes us different? is we have a saving faith. We believe in what Jesus says, but then we go and show the world what we believe by what we do. And that's what I wanna challenge you. Cause honestly, Galatians 5, 6 says this. The only thing that counts is faith expressing itself through love. I believe today, we, you know, if you do stats, 80% of the world believes in Jesus, blah, blah, blah. But here's the thing, my challenge is for us not to just be people that say we believe, we have faith, but we actually go and show it by what we do. Some of you don't have a problem announcing your faith, but you have a problem obeying it. And my challenge to you today is not just to have a faith in God, but to take that, that saving faith and work it and show it in how you act, how you treat others, how you speak. Man, today was a full message. Um, I really hope today that, that you don't feel lost. Instead, you feel informed, empowered. You, you feel informed and you feel empowered knowing you have a definition of what faith is. You have the right direction for your faith. You have the right objective of your faith and you have the right diagram of what it takes to build your faith. Testing, hearing God's word and obeying. Thank you again for joining us on the LifeHouse Newport News Podcast. If you're ever in the Hampton Roads area, we'd love for you to join us at one of our live worship experiences at 9 a.m. or 10.30 a.m. at the Regal Kiln Creek Movie Theaters. Until then, 
feel free to check us out at www.theaterchurchnn.com or on any social media platform. Thank you so much, and God bless.